Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. From St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. I'm Elaine Cha. It's Friday, February 17th, 2023. That means four-ish days to get your beads, masks, and insulated tumblers in order for Mardi Gras. Now there's one more item you might not know you need, as it's not a thing you'd tote or flash during St. Louis's annual Mardi Gras parade. It could, however, be something you should put into your belly to carry you as you, as they say, laissez les bon temps rouler, along our downtown South and Soulard streets. And that is, of course, king cake. King cakes aren't necessarily rare in the St. Louis area, but getting one that's made by a New Orleans native is another story. So today, we've got a guest with No Love Roots to talk about the king cake she makes here in town, Simone Farr, chef owner of La Patisserie Chouquette, or Chouquette, in South St. Louis. Simone, welcome to the program. Thank you. So what are the basic elements of a king cake? So your basic elements would be, you know, your flour, sugar, yeast, love, and of course the baby. Love and the baby together. (laughs) Now, what is the connection to Mardi Gras and New Orleans with this baked goodie? So New Orleans is, you know, you wouldn't know by looking at it from the outside, but New Orleans is a very religious town. It's it's very Catholic. It's a very old Catholic town. And we thrive on traditions. And a lot of our traditions revolve around food. So that king cake has been established as a Mardi Gras tradition. It was brought over from France, only it's just a different version of it. We have a yeast-raised cake that is oftentimes filled in the most basic form of a king cake. It would be a, a cinnamon sugar in the center, but it's still covered with that delicious flowy white icing and then topped off with purple, green, and gold sugar. And then, of course, you have to have your trinket, which would be your Mardi Gras baby, which represents the baby Jesus, either baked inside of your king cake or it would come with the cake so that you can hide it in there yourself for your party. So what is it that sets one king cake apart from another then? Uh, You know, I think it's going to come down to tradition, versus modern. Um, I am definitely a fan of the modern king cake. I think it, it definitely has its place. But at the shop, we tend to lean more towards the traditional ones. I remember moving to St. Louis, not really being able to find the type of king cake that I grew up eating. And so I want to make sure that we offer that to people who were just like me. Either they've moved here for their transplants or people who want to know what we typically ate in New Orleans. And when was it that you first started offering the king, ke- uh, the king cake at Chouquette? So we are in our 10th year of business, and we've offered them every year that we've been open. 
Oh, wow. So have you seen sort of a, a change in the demand for the king cake over those years? Definitely. I think the more uh, aware the people become of it, I think that um, their curiosity is peaked and people want to taste it. They want to participate in it. And they start to realize that Mardi Gras goes far beyond, you know, public drunkenness <laughs> and that there are, you know, traditions and things to uphold during Mardi Gras season. And if you're eating, you know, your king cake and it's Fat Tuesday, you know, that's for a lot of people who are going into Lent and they're maybe going to give up sweets, God forbid. Um, that's their last brush with, you know, anything truly delicious. So we do see a higher demand as the years go on. And this year is no different. We've actually sold more than we've ever sold in the past. Well, and I managed to get my order in for one just yesterday. So I'm looking forward to it. Now, oh, nice. When I open my box with the king cake, where is the baby going to be? Okay, so this is a bit of controversy. Our king cakes, we do not bake the baby inside of the king cake, simply because St. Louis is not a king town. If we were in New Orleans, we would hide your king cake baby somewhere in the cake. You wouldn't know until you had your party and you sliced it up and then someone got the baby and then they revealed that they had it. But here, because I don't want any chipped teeth <laughs> and any complaints, we put the baby within the little hole on top so that you can see it clearly. And then whoever's picking that king cake up and serving it, they can hide the baby inside themselves. So the insertion is up to the the purchaser of the cake. Definitely. Definitely. What are the babies made of and where do you get them from? So the babies can be made of a variety of things. And babies weren't always used throughout history. Sometimes a little bean was used many years ago. Or you could have used a doubloon or an actual gold coin. So for for me, we use babies that are very similar to the ones that we had um, growing up in New Orleans. And they're these little naked babies um, that are not even an inch uh, long, but they are definitely not edible. You can even get ones that are purple, green, and gold. You can get black babies, white babies, Asian babies, Hispanic babies. The babies come in, you know, a rainbow of colors now, but typically they are made of plastic. Mm -hmm. And where do you get yours from? I get mine from a variety of places. One year, I... I could have sworn that we had enough babies. I said to my assistant, don't worry about it. Like, we have hundreds of babies. Like, just don't eat, don't worry about it. And he gave me this look like she has no idea what she's talking about. I think she blacked out last year and doesn't realize how many babies we went through. And I ended up going to, believe it or not, Johnny Brock's. And there was an insane amount of babies there. And I took them all. And where is this again? Johnny Brock's? Johnny Brock's, which is a business here in St. Louis. It is 
a giant warehouse of fabulous costumes throughout the season. So they stay open year round. But if you're looking for Mardi Gras decorations, that is a place where I definitely shop. I've never seen um, a store outside of New Orleans that has Mardi Gras decorations like them. Well, that was a, that's a great bit of information. I, I appreciate the, the lesson on that. I'm clearly not a St. Louis native, but I'll have to check it out. Now, your king cakes are made with one of three different fillings. Um, you mentioned the traditional cinnamon before, but you also offer the strawberry cream cheese and the, now is it praline or is it praline? We offer praline. That word can also be pronounced praline, but it would be referring to hazelnut. So we offer the southern pecan, so it's praline, which we make praline candies the same way that we would have in New Orleans. And then that gets crushed into a filling to go inside of the dough before it's baked. We're speaking with Simone Farr, who is the chef owner of La Patisserie Chouquette, or Chouquette, in South St. Louis. And we're talking about king cakes and heading into some conversation about other things that are associated with um, New Orleans and St. Louis. Now, the fleur de lis is commonly associated with St. Louis, but of course, it's not at all limited to STL. Is there some form of fleur de lis that is a, a common decorative element for king cakes? And how often are they actually edible? So I had not seen a fleur de lis on king cakes. I put fleur de lis on my king cakes because I think that it's a beautiful little touch. They're made of chocolate when we do them. And then they are painted gold and they are edible, but I just think it's an, an added bit of fun. Like maybe I imagine that whoever gets the the king cake baby, because we don't include a little crown with it, I imagine that whoever does get it, that that person gets to eat that little fleur de lis. So it added as incentive. A little yeah. Well, and speaking of fun, um, I slid into your DMs, as they say, uh, when you posted <gasps> a king cake photo and a hilarious anecdote about king cakes in elementary school. Simone, when did you eat your first bit of king cake? Oh, my goodness. That's like asking me when when I first had solid food. <laughs> I have no idea when I had the very first king cake. I, I, I would imagine, though, that it would probably be when school started. So probably first grade. Um, because it was definitely a tradition that on Fridays during the Mardi Gras season, you would have king cake in class. So I imagine that it would have been then. And when was it that you first baked one yourself? Probably in culinary school. And I, I mm -hmm. honestly don't think that it was fit for human consumption. <laughs> I remember in a class of raised doughs that there these monstrous things that were coming out of all of our ovens and my you know my thought was put more sugar on it just put more icing on it it'll be fine it was not fine because it can look like a million bucks and taste like you know <laughs> yes <laughs> like it is not of this earth and so that would have been the first time that I made one and who is it that makes your favorite king cake back in New Orleans in that 
Instagram post that I mess uh, I mentioned, I did notice that someone asked if you shipped to New Orleans and you came back with, that is uh, not the thing to do. So <laughs> who makes your favorite king cakes in your hometown? Oh, you know, I'm not going on public record with that answer. However, I will say that Randazzo's, um, Gambino's, Lawrence's, B-Sweet Bakery, and Folong have some of the best king cakes in all of New Orleans. And between those places, you can get traditional as well as non-traditional and um, as well as savory king cakes. And there's also Gracious Bakery in New Orleans, and they have delicious king cakes. And they, their spin on a king cake is, you know, it, it shows you just how much king cakes have evolved. I saw that they were doing one that was strawberry, but it was pink and shimmery on the outside, and it just makes your heart happy. So in addition to king cake, there are other things that you make that bring a taste of New Orleans to St. Louis. What other items do you make at Chouquette that puts a bit or a lot of New Orleans on your menu? So I think the biggest thing right now would be our afternoon tea menu. We have served afternoon tea for 10 years, and it's always been a delicious assortment of our take on afternoon tea. But it was decidedly, um, it was very British. And at some point I said, you know, why are we doing this? Like, you can get cucumber sandwiches any place. You can get, you know, all of these little, these little things that aren't necessarily the things that make me go, oh, I can't wait to eat that. Like, I know it's going to be delicious. I know what's gone into it, but it just was no longer exciting. So I I said, you know, we're going to do a New Orleans afternoon tea. New Orleans tea doesn't necessarily, you know, exist. Like, we don't stop midday and have tea or late, you know, afternoon and have tea in order to get us through to the next meal. We just eat. But for the sake of a tea time, I wanted to do bite-sized things that were very New Orleans. And so we've got miniature po'boys on croissants. So that's a, you know, a miniature shrimp po'boy. Um, we've got white chocolate bread pudding and crab meat cheesecake. And these are things that are very indicative of New Orleans, but they're served in a way that gives you almost like a little introduction. It's not a huge commitment, but it's definitely a commitment to making yourself happy through flavor. Well, and it sounds like the uh, the parallel to reading short stories over novels. It's a, <laughs> a little less commitment, but very much uh, a lot of enjoyment. Are there yes. one or two items with an unmistakably Simone Farr twist or touch? So I would say our macaron, definitely. Um, We've often been told that the macs that we make are unlike ones that they've had previously, wherever people have tried macaron, you can get them all over the world now, Um, in texture as well as in uh, the flavors that we offer. And definitely uh, 
like this weekend, we're going to be offering our crawfish pies. Mm. And it's definitely not something that you would typically get just any place, even finding them in New Orleans outside of um, festival seasons is difficult to get. But the dough that we use, the way that the dough is seasoned, you know, tonight I will, you know, make the filling for that. And I always say, you know, if it's, if you're not sneezing, it ain't seasoned. <laughs> <laughs> and so that that is definitely a very Simone uh, thing. I'm glad that you brought up macaron because that is uh, something that you are known for here in the region. And you have made ones that have the, the St. Louis twist. Um, I've seen ones that are blues hockey themed. Um as well as, a, I believe, a, a gooey butter cake. What are some of the other St. Louis-themed macarons you have made, and how popular are those items? So we offered a collection called the 504 in the 314, and it was essentially six 504 flavors, which is the New Orleans area code, and six St. Louis-inspired flavors. Um, one was Blueberry Hill, but we called it Bluesberry Hill. Um, and it is blueberry and lemon and poppy. We also have um, The Hill, our um, The Hill Mac, and it's a cannoli flavor. And the shell, it actually it resembles the Italian flag. That one is insanely popular. <laughs> Um, of course, gooey butter cake, Cardinals red velvet, and then uh, the gooey butter cake by far is the most popular of them all. We offered them last year, and they're coming back this year for National Macaron Day. As far as your clientele, do you draw other transplants from New Orleans uh, and, you know, NOLA files, you did mention that, that people come through your shop, but how do you know that those folks are coming with that sort of accompanying their their bellies through the door? I would like to say that I can spot a New Orleanian from anywhere, but that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> they, so when you meet somebody from New Orleans, we, like, it's not just enough to be from New Orleans. We proclaim that we are from New Orleans. Like, we can't wait to get out of New Orleans so that we can tell people, I left the city. But once we leave the city, we're like, you know I'm from New Orleans, right? You know when I lived in New Orleans, right? Well, growing up in New Orleans was like, so I know that they're from New Orleans because they come in and they tell us that they're from New Orleans. And um, they'll say, usually... I heard that the owner is from New Orleans. <laughs> and they come looking for you. Yes. And it's great. Um, but we even have, you know, people who are from St. Louis who don't know that we're here. They will go to New Orleans and find out that we're here. Oh. <laughs> so I have um, a sister, uh, Felicia, who lives in New Orleans, and she drives Uber. She's like the best Uber driver in the city, I think. <laughs> But she has Shoe Cat merch 
in her car. Oh. And so when people get in her car, she's telling them about Chouquette. And we've had so many people come through our doors because they were in her car in New Orleans. And especially people who live here in St. Louis and they'll say, I met your sister. This is insane. I had no idea you existed. And she told us all about you. And it happens every weekend. That's fantastic. And it also, I think it it speaks not only to um, the spirit of New Orleans and your sister out there in her car, but something that I feel like I've observed here among um, St. Louisans, that there there's a, a, a unique kind of embrace. Now, Choquette is the, the name of the bakery, um, and we talked about the name over the phone. What is a Choquette? And do you make chouquettes at your shop? So a chouquette is a small pastry that is reminiscent of that of a profiterole, only it's it's not filled and it's covered in rock sugar. And it's eaten oftentimes on your wedding day in France. We started out making chouquettes and then realized nobody really knew what they were. And so we stopped offering them. And I've been toying lately with the idea of bringing them back simply because I think that now people are far more willing to just sort of come along for the ride and learn about different things. Whereas when we opened 10 years ago, even the name of the shop was a bit of a challenge for for many people. Um, But we don't currently offer them I personally, I, I prefer my profiteroles, my puffs, to be filled with delicious cream, mm-hmm. like the ones that we make. Um, but it could make a reappearance. So I have a final Mardi Gras-specific question. And you spoke earlier about those crawfish hand pies, which I've heard are um, miracles in and of themselves. You will be making the hand pies. Are there any other Mardi Gras exclusives that you'll be offering at Chouquette, um, either this weekend in pre-party mode or on Mardi Gras Day, which is Tuesday the 21st? So this Saturday, we will have our crawfish pies on hand. We're planning to do beignets. Um, I've got blackberry bread pudding. So we are planning to do some things. We, Like I said, we did sell far more king cakes than we have in the past. Um, and we're now wondering if we bit off more than we could chew because we do have our Saturday Mardi Gras festivities coming. But we're going to try to get to as many things as we, as we can with lots of prayers, fingers crossed, and Red Bull. Oh, well, that sounds uh, just right in preparation for Mardi Gras. I hope the the chewing is uh, fast and the digestion um, is as friendly as possible. (laughs) Simone Farr is the pâtisseur and chef owner of La Pâtisserie Chouquette, or Chouquette, in South St. Louis. The shop happens to be a semi-finalist for the 2023 James Beard Award for Best Bakery. She spoke with us about her king cakes and other goodies she makes with real New Orleans cred. Thank you, Simone, for talking with us today. Thank you. This episode was produced by Elaine Cha. Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Doerr. 
Our production intern is Avery Rogers. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.